Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm visiting today with one of the most wonderful women in the universe, Dr. Lori Shevick. <laughs> She's been part and parcel of my health journey over the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight years. And I came across her book, and I interviewed her on one of my shows, and we've done, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 interviews now. And it allowed me to sustain my weight loss. It allowed me to continue on my fitness goals so that at over 50, I'm in the best shape of my life. I feel good. I sleep good. I can zip my pants after two kids. Um, You know, these things are really important to us. And today we're going to talk about where does workouts, you know, where does fitness fit into our weight management or weight loss and health goals? Because in the beginning, I just thought, well, if I just work out every day really hard, um, I'm going to lose weight. Well, I didn't. I actually gained weight. And my body started taking on a shape I didn't like. And that's why when I came across Dr. Lori's book, Fatflammation, which you guys can get on Amazon or in any major bookstore, I really needed an education in kind of what to eat, how to eat, and what to do. And Dr. Lori's book has worked not only for me, but for a bunch of my friends. And we're all different genetics. We're all different ages. So I really highly recommend you pick up a copy of her book. But before... Uh, I do. I want to introduce to you Dr. Lori Shemek. And Lori, give us a little bit of your background for those who are not familiar with you. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And uh, you're just absolutely wonderful. You're inspiring. You know, uh, you're in your 50s and you just look amazing. It's amazing what you've done with yourself. So I really uh, applaud you. Um, So what I do is I work with with clients that need to lose weight or to optimize their health. In any case, whether you're losing weight or you're optimizing your, you will be optimizing your health. Mm -hmm. So that's the good news about that. And I'm an author. I've written two uh, books and I'm working on my third book right now, which should be out by the end of the summer. And, and let's see what else I do. I speak and, uh, what else? Oh, you got a great website. You have a great social media. I follow you on social media because it's really valuable stuff. It's not just fluff. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's my goal is to try and, you know, really provide value for people no matter what I do and where I am. So every day, you know, I post something people can really use to up-level their health or their weight, um, not up-level their weight. <laughs> well, but you know what? I will say I do have a little peanut, you know, Zachary, my younger one, my older one, Max, you know, has more of the weak belly, more of the insulin challenges and stuff mm-hmm. like that. My little one, though, everything falls off him. He's constantly moving. So one of the things that I did from your book was take the smoothie recipes and give them to him sometimes two, three times a day. Because I know it sounds weird. Most of us struggle with weight loss. We function on weight gain with this kid. 
So you're you're wanting to sustain his weight as opposed yeah, to yeah. Swims, he plays soccer. Yeah. You know, he's constantly moving mm-hmm. and getting good nutrition into him. I use your recipes. That's fantastic. That's really great. Yeah, and it, you know, and when you um, take the time to do that, to make those smoothies or to do something that's going to nourish your your body, you are um, creating a body that will perform when it's time to become fit, right? When it's, or if you are fit, it's such an important component. Many people believe that, you know, the old saying is your abs are made in the kitchen and that's right. So, you know, when you said I would just go work out for two hours a day and, you know, I can tell you that that's number one, it's introducing stress into the body. Now, I can backtrack a little bit here. Exercise is a stressor to the body. It's called a hormetic stressor. But it's um, the type of stress that in smaller doses provides great value, right? So uh, even the antioxidants and the polyphenols that you find in in vegetables, for example, those are considered a, a hormetic stressor as well, believe it or not. So this provides a benefit to the body, but if you do too much of anything, then it, then it becomes a real stress. Yeah. Well, and the one thing too, Lori, that I'm going to credit you for is when I learned from you that sugar creates wrinkles, (laughs) my gosh, like you can see me kind of on the camera, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not wrinkly for 52 and no, he has no wrinkles at yeah. all. And I mean, I was, I looked, when I ate a lot of sugar and I was doing these crazy workouts and I was drinking the diet drinks and the, the mm-hmm. enhancement drinks, you know what I mean? Like the energy drinks and stuff. Right. I couldn't look worse in my face. Yeah, it's very inflammatory. Many people don't realize that the types of foods they're eating are inflammatory and that inflammation I can talk about the sugar if you want me to and how it relates to inflammation. It's so when somebody ingests sugar, you are creating a biochemical reaction within the body and sugar and proteins love each other. So the sugar molecules are attached to the proteins in your body, right? And uh, this is just a natural uh, attraction, but there's a problem with that and it's called glycation. You don't have to remember the name of it, but it is the caramelization, if you will, of your bodily tissue. And like caramelization, like when you cook an onion and you put it in the pan and it gets brown and sugary. And the the steak that's nice and charred, you know, charred on the outside. That's an example. Fried chicken, an example of. glycation and so it's the name is called advanced uh is called ages advanced glycation end products right and this glycation that i'm talking about this caramelization changes the nature and the structure of the tissues and not just the tissues on the inside of the body but the tissues on the outside of the body such as your skin as well and why diabetics have so much trouble on the inside of their body as well. So wow. it's, it really becomes a, a problem, especially if you have circulating sugar, say with diabetes. So I'm not imagining that, you know, my switching from Diet Cokes to tea, you know, all these little changes that I made over really five years, 
that when I look in the mirror and I look like I'm turning back time, I'm not imagining this. No, you are not. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting when you, the minute you, st for all of my clients that eat sugar, the minute they stop eating sugar, literally the second they stop eating sugar is the second that that inflammation starts to diminish. And, um, you know, there are foods that like, you know, that people are eating, they have no idea that have the same outcome for the most part. But, and essentially what's happening is inflammation is happening and we want to stop that inflammation to optimize our health. And so there are like, there are many foods people think are healthy, such as whole wheat bread, for example, um, you know, sweetened yogurts, sweetened yogurts are like eating a candy bar, sometimes even more calories, right? Um, whole wheat bread uh, raises your blood sugar um, by as much as two table, the, the amount as two tablespoons would do. They add in so much sugar and the refined flour. And even if it's not refined white flour, it's pulverized to such a degree that it, it uh, spikes your blood sugar. Mm. And, and that goes for whole grain pastas and uh, grains in, in particular tend to be problematic for many people as mm. well, but not everybody uh, because not, you know, we're all genetically unique. And, but it's important if you want me to talk about inflammation a little bit. Yeah, Lori, I would like to talk about that. But before we do, I'd like to talk about our sponsor today and thank them. They are functionofbeauty.com. Now, you can go to functionofbeauty.com slash militarymom, and that's spelled M-I-L-I-T-A-R-Y mom, like our show, Military Mom, and take the hair profile quiz and get 20% off your custom formula. And we're going to talk, uh, Rob and I, more about that because it's a real great exciting product um, for those of you following along at home functionofbeauty.com slash military mom when you go to my bathroom it's it's a disaster because there's bottles upon bottles like piling up in the corner and you know sometimes I use some for a little bit and then I don't like it some I don't like right away some I mm. I don't know why I don't use a bottle to the end I just don't but each one promises these miracle solutions and only one kind work but what if one shampoo could truly do it all because we don't have the same hair. So why should we all use the same shampoo and conditioner? And Function of Beauty brings you shampoo and conditioners that are customized and individually filled just for you. And they're they're full of safe natural ingredients. They don't use sulfates or parabens or phthalates or mineral oils or any of these other harmful ingredients. And now you took the quiz. I took the quiz. It was so much fun. It is. It's really fun. Uh, it, and as Lori was talking about uh, different kinds kinds of things in our uh, diets and whatnot, you know, we don't need all of those extra things in our shampoo. But one of the things that was nice about Function of Beauty is most drugstore brands will address a single concern such as volumizing or strengthening, or if you have processed hair for, for colored hair. What Function of Beauty, you can choose up to five hair goals to add to your formulation. And that was what was really fun for me 
because I have very straight hair, but I'm getting older. And actually, age uh, was one of the uh, topics that I could choose because my hair has changed over the years. And I liked the fact that I could create my own formula um, that is just for me. And I had at bottle, you actually get to label the bottle based on your hair type, hair goals, and preferences. Well, and I liked it because you know how I get ridiculous with my OCD and my color sensitivity. <laughs> and You know, I have yeah. my, my bathroom is turquoise, blue, and white. You know, everything in there, there's white, white, you know, little bath mats. There's turquoise. Yeah, yeah. I've got beautiful beach art, you know, because I live in Southern California. So to have the bottles be clear and I can pick the, I picked the apple pear scent, you know, totally I fresh. did too. That was <laughs> mine too. Well, and I made it sea colors. Like I got a light blue conditioner in like a turquoise blue shampoo. Mm -hmm. So now when it sits on the side of my tub, I'm not looking at all this other product marketing. Yeah. I look at these pretty bottles. Like I got to yeah. tell you to be able to pick not only your hair type, hair goals and preferences, but you can opt for color and fragrance or like in my mom's case, if she were alive, she mm -hmm. hated dyes and she hated mm -hmm. fragrances, you know, cause she was going through chemotherapy and mm -hmm. she didn't want to put more, you know, stuff on her. So to be able to choose dye free or fragrance free, or if you want to use it on your kids and you don't want to load them up on that stuff. For me, I'm like, exactly. dye it the color of my bathroom, make it smell like <laughs> apples and I'm your girl. <laughs> and you're right. It. The products are personalized with your name yes. printed on the bottle. I like, love it. Talk about custom. I, I just think that it's wonderful. And, the, you know, the sad reality is that most major drugstore brands test on animals. I, I hate to say that, but um, they do. Function of Beauty is 100% vegan and cruelty-free. I love that. I do, too. You know, like I have three dogs I've rescued in my lifetime. Yeah. Know, at least 20 dogs. And, you know, I can't have cats because of my allergies, but... Mm -hmm. um, you know, to be a to be a responsible company is really important. Now, if you guys want to check this out, functionofbeauty.com slash military mom, take the hair profile quiz and get 20% off your customized formula. Now, Rob, I want to ask you, what were mm -hmm. your hair goals? Because my hair goals, mine haven't changed forever. I have like hair like the tail of a horse it's long it's blonde it's it's dry and of course mm -hmm. i live in the southern california desert i spend a lot of time in the ocean a lot of time in my pool mm. a lot of time burning my head in the sun like you know it couldn't be a worse place to have hair years ago when i was young i i we had a pool too and the chlorine just it does an awful job on your hair um but as i've gotten older my hair has changed and i did want to strengthen my hair um anti-aging i believe was the was the category i also wanted a little more volume because i have to say my hair has gotten thinner over the years i've always had fine straight straight poker straight hair um I have to say, being able to address that and having the volumizing plus the anti-aging and knowing that it wasn't going to be laden with um, a heavy conditioner, it was going to be in the shampoo itself that's giving you that volume and that uh, addressing the dryness. I love that. See, and if I had a volumizing shampoo, I'd look like I'm wearing a blonde wig. Like, you know, I'd be like Dolly Parton head, you know, I've got enough hair and mine's the exact opposite of you, which, you know, is one of the things that we talk about. Like, why would we all use the same shampoo and conditioner? Right. 
you know, you look at your hair, it's, it's sleek, it's soft, it's brown, it's straight. You look at mine, I have big blonde electrocuted hair and mm -hmm. I have like three feet of it. It's not like I have chin length, you know, my mm -hmm. hair goes down past my bra. The kids call it mommy's mermaid hair. And mm -hmm. you know, I like it because it, it actually shields my shoulders from the sun. Like I don't, you know, I don't necessarily, I wear a visor. I don't have to wear a hat half the time. Mm -hmm. I have like this, you know, cousin it carpet on my head but it gets really dry. So I'm a big shampoo girl um, for and, and a conditioner. You know, I want it. I mm -hmm. want that, you know, you could put a stick of butter and melt it on my head and I'd be happy. <laughs> I think one of the things that's nice is to be able to um, customize to the point where you know that this is addressing all of your issues and you have the choice of getting more uh, conditioner or more shampoo. I don't use conditioner every day. So I wanted a little bit less conditioner because so many times I'll have 10 bottles of conditioner under my sink and I go through the shampoo. Um, and I like the fact that I could get a 16 ounce bottle of shampoo, but only an eight ounce bottle of the conditioner. And See, it's and customized the, to me. Yep. I was the exact opposite because I only use, you know, I teach spin and I work out every day. So I, yeah. I have to at least rinse my hair every day, but I take just the littlest bit of shampoo rub and I, I clean my roots yes. and then I wash it out and then I condition the rest of my hair. So I'm the opposite. I'll use like a softball size of conditioner and put it on all the way top to end and yeah. use very little shampoo because my hair is so dry and you know, to be able to make these choices, it's phenomenal. It is. It is. I don't know why it took so long for, <laughs> for something like this to come around because you're right. I don't know how many bottles I've had under the sink either. And even though we have opposite uh, hairstyles, we still have the same frustration right. that we couldn't find something that's going to address everything that our hair and you use one product and it might address, but it does something else. Like you'll definitely get the ends made maybe will will be um taken care of and won't be but then you get the greasy stuff at the roots so what i love about function of beauty is that it's it's blended so that it's addressing all of those concerns that you have not just one well and i think you know for me it's a big deal to use sulfates and parabens and phthalates and mineral oils and these other harmful ingredients and you know we're going to talk to uh, Dr. Lori a little bit more about mm. these additives that mm -hmm. are in our food, in our products, because, you know, we're, you know, we have to take control of our health. Absolutely. Take care. Uh, absolutely. Take control of your health. You know, Robin, Lori, what I'd like to know more about is this concept of inflammation as it relates to fat inflammation, you know, which is the title of your book. Now, I know that there's there's a couple different kinds of inflammation. Two different types of inflammation. So there's acute inflammation, and we all know what that is. It's what I call loud inflammation mm -hmm. <laughs> because it hurts. Um, it, we know it's there. It's that sprained ankle or that cut on your finger. Yes, that I cut on my finger. It does hurt. Yes, even those paper cuts. Yep. <laughs> and so that's acute inflammation, and the soldiers if you will, come rushing to the site to repair the wound. The wound heals, 
the pain, swelling, tenderness, all of it goes away. The soldiers go away. The healing begins and all is well, right? But, um, and that's important. That's an important type of inflammation Mm -hmm. because without it, we're essentially sitting ducks. Uh, We would not be alive. We need it. It's an immune system reaction. Okay, so the next type is called silent inflammation. And this is the type that is the core underlying cause of most illness, disease, faster aging, and weight gain. All right. And so you can look at silent inflammation as like having a sore on the inside of your body that never heals. It's always there and never goes away, uh, such as acute inflammation does. You know, it goes away and, but silent inflammation, you don't know it's there until the symptoms appear. And that's why it's called silent. And it is the the core underlying cause of many diseases, such as cancer, stroke, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, obesity, weight gain, heart disease. I could go on and on. And these are directly related to low level inflammation. So you know, you can hit the inflammatory rewind button and that's by choosing an anti-inflammatory diet Mm -hmm. starting today. And I always tell people that in order to make changes in their diet, don't take on a huge task all at once, unless you're the type of person where you know you can do that. But make, you know, have one anti-inflammatory choice at your meal in the beginning for the first week or two, right? Just make well, sure. That's what you taught me. You had me do one, because I was such a mess, you know, between the, the hamburgers and the chips and the sodas and the, you know, I needed a whole overhaul. And I had kids and my dad. So it wasn't like I could just wave a magic wand and change everything at once. Right. You had me change one thing a week. And you told me at the end of the year, that'll be 52 changes. And if you don't, if it takes you two weeks to make it, that's okay. And it really did. It took me probably a year and a half from the time I started working with your, your philosophy to where I got to the point where it was normal. I love that. And it is, the transition may seem slow, one and a half, but it isn't. It really isn't. You're not fighting it. You're, you're rolling with it. Yeah. There are times where, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want that. I want that. <laughs> you know, um, we've talked about emotional eating, etc. But, um, you know, it's, but if, if you're not dealing with that necessarily, um, and when you're making healthy anti-inflammatory food choices, then you're, as I mentioned, uh, you're able to make better health choices. Well, and I wonder if like, it, it just occurred to me, you know, when I met you, my kids were like, I don't know, four or five years old, three, four years old, somewhere around there. My, and my older one was five or six. My older one was indoctrinated for six years in the unhealthy eating habits that was, you know, given to me by my family and that I adopted readily. Mm-hmm. And my little one, the one that we do have trouble keeping weight on, his food choices are very different than his brother's because he only grew up on natural, whole, organic, you know, he didn't grow up on the box, everything like my other one did. And I wonder if that, could that be part of the reason that their bodies are so different other than genetics? Absolutely. Yeah, genetics plays a huge part, but chances are that the early indoctrination of healthy foods is or unhealthy foods you know is definitely key 
Absolutely. It's um, in another interview that we did, I talked about how our, the first seven years of life, we're downloading all of this information. We have no idea that we're doing it, but you know, our brains are like sponges during that for seven years. And, um, and also so is our body. So you think about children that are malnourished during that, that period of time, that they tend to have more struggle later on down the road with making decisions with executive function and things of that nature. So, um, but yes, uh, you know, and, and a lot has to do with what you're putting out there too. Yeah, sure. Sure. So this inflammation, is this why, you know, like a few times when I was first starting, you know, my kind of life change, I remember this one Sunday where I just, I went to church, they had bagels, they had muffins, <laughs> you know, and I mowed through all that. And then I went to a party kids, <laughs> and I ate chips and I ate pizza, you know, all this stuff after right. I had been really like a junkie, like I had been clean for a while. And because of the confluence of events, and then my dad's like, yeah, I want to get pizza and wings. And, you know, and I drank soda all day. Lori, by seven o'clock at night, I felt like I had poisoned myself. I felt drunk, even though I had no alcohol. I felt so sick, so nauseous, so lethargic. And I just wanted to pass out. And I'm like, oh my God, I think I poisoned myself with junk food. Sandra, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And the, the fact that you, you understood it was because you had been off of those foods for so long. And that's the same way. When you get off sugar, you are, uh, you, you're desensitizing your body, right, to sugar when you're eating it all the time. But you become more sensitive to sugar once you get off. And it is, it is remarkable, I'm telling you how sweet things are, how much sugar is in everything and sugar is in everything. And once you get like, you know, where I am right now is I, I can't, I can taste it in everything. If, we, if my husband and I go out, it's in everything. So you have to really be careful about what you put in your mouth, you know, when you go out. Yeah. Or, you know, you look at, um, you know, I look at the, the sports programs at my kid's school and, you know, it's, and I, sometimes I'm that mom, I have to admit, like, <laughs> I'm that mom, because I'm like, really, we have snacks at every, and they're not like sliced oranges, sliced apples, you know, bag of grapes, you know, they, and then the kids after get a bag of chips and a juice box. And I, I just about, Lori blew a gasket, because it's like, we have a whole obese classroom who goes out on a Saturday morning to play an hour's game and then they're given, like, I get it. You need to water Seriously? the game. We live in the desert. Yeah. We, I mean, this is everywhere. This is because I called my sister, Susan in, in Colorado, Jen and Jill in New York, same thing. They go to the game. The game's an hour. They don't run the whole hour. You know, some of them do a little bit, but then at halftime, they have a break with a snack. And then they have a bag of Doritos and some juice. Yeah. And then after game, a snack, and a, then they can be a cookie, a bag of chips, a candy bar, something, these little like gift bag kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you just had breakfast like an hour and a half ago and you're still going to have lunch. Like, why are we stuffing our kids? Exactly. I love that you, that you are aware of what's going on. This is part of the problem that we're seeing. And, you know, it's much more complex than just that. 
but but you hit the nail right on the head that they should not be eating they should be drinking water you know and so um that would really help their weight it would help their health because remember those doritos they turn in they start they uh encourage the glycation process as well but sugar uh goes right to you know it's already refined it's not it, the body doesn't have to break it down so much and it's you know uh a really powerful source of glycation but you've got kids who are already overweight i mean right. seriously and so because they're overweight they are uh they're they're not insulin sensitive okay and so the idea is that the more insulin sensitive that we are to the hormone, the fat storage hormone insulin, um, the less weight we're going to have and the better health we're going to have. And that means down the road as well. So insulin sensitivity is perhaps the best marker for optimal health there is. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah I mean, I just, I, I, I'm constantly amazed at how, how we you know, we always rewarded kids with food. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I remember going to the doctor when I was little. They'd give you a shot. They'd give you a little, little baby. lollipop. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, or the dentist would give you, a, he'd give you an eraser. He wouldn't give you a lolly. But my so. dentist gave me a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> you can't rot your teeth. <laughs> I know. I had, uh, my husband had some um, dental work done a couple of years ago, and it was expensive. And the, seriously, the dentist sent us a, five pound box of chocolates. <laughs> that is hilarious. I mean, it's not hilarious. I mean, that is just beyond belief. I was stunned. <laughs> you know? Right, right. The weight loss wife expert, nationally <laughs> syndicated, you know, best-selling author, you're going to send her a box. And a dentist sends, you know, him, us, the, this huge box of candy. I was shocked. But anyway. That is yeah. I mean, but it, but it happens. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the one thing I find too, and, you know, I, I always feel like I'm, I'm dogging everybody and I don't mean to, but, you know, I go to a really cool local gym that only sells waters, mm-hmm. but there are some really nice gyms in LA here. And I'm sure they're there in Dallas. I know they're in New York city when I go there and they have like the smoothie bars and the, you know, the different offerings. and just because they're packaged and say they're healthy, sometimes I look at this stuff and go, oh, how could you even sell that in a gym? And then I realize, well, a gym's a profit center. So, okay. Right. And they're going to make their profit anyway. And it's really up to the consumer, right? So it's, it would be the same as if, but I know the, the, the fit, it's not a good fit. You're trying to get healthy and you've got this sugar, these drinks of pure sugar practically people are downing and they're really undoing the effect of their exercise really right or the products of sneaky sugar like how many i was reading somewhere there's like 50 different names for sugar now mm-hmm. and it's you know that's that's why when you look at the label you need to look at added sugars there you'll see if it says uh added sugar you know to put the product back you know if it uh, because we do not want added sugar. I was asked this morning on Twitter is, I can't remember the name of it. It's a new ice cream halo top, or have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah, the one, yeah. And they asked me, uh, a follower asked me if I thought it was a healthy ice cream. And I said, no. I said, it's not healthy. Um, it's a healthier choice, but it is not a healthy product. Right. 
I'm sure they love me for that, but you know, um, but it's a truth. It's kind of like, you know, you can drink um, fruit juice, which is not healthy to do for your body, um, or you can drink a smoothie, which is, uh, you know, it, packed with other sugars, or uh, just as bad would be something like agave syrup. Mm-hmm. So um, agave syrup, many people don't realize, is not healthy. It's highly processed and is um, something that should be kicked out of your house, kicked to the curb. Kicked to the curb. Well, you know, I, I look at, you know, I think of my mom, you know, bless her heart. When we were growing up, you know, we were allowed to have a little glass of soda. It was like one of those little baby juice glasses, mm-hmm. you know, that you got like with Fred Flintstone on it. <laughs> so, and we were allowed to have that once a week when my dad would buy a pizza for like eight people, you know, not, not four pizzas for eight people. But right. Right. Pizza for eight people. And my mom would always be like, you know, Stan, you can have anything you want just in moderation. You know, if you want to have this once in a while, you know, and I don't know where I got so off track thinking that I could stuff myself on. I remember these cookies that they were, these cookies they had one time and they were supposed to be like sugar-free or fat-free or whatever. Oh yeah. You're not alone. That's a fat-free era. Yeah. Yeah, I was in college and I remember. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Eating them and having the worst diarrhea for like three days and I ate the whole box thinking I'm being (laughs) yeah I mean well that's an example of what sugar can do if you eat that much sugar because remember they're taking out the fat and they have to make them taste really good right so what do they add when they take the fat out sugar yeah and and chemicals and you know it was just unfortunately this toxic soup for you Mm mm-hmm well, and you know, I'm really good at poisoning myself because I, I kind of look at myself as my own test monkey. Like I'll, I'll eat something before I give it to my kids. I'll try it before I talk about it on the air. And mm-hmm. I will say though, I have mixed feelings, Lori, and I'd love your opinion on these. You know, the vitamin drinks that are out there, like I, I use, I like the spark one made by Advocare, especially if I'm tired and I can't get through the day and I still have to drive kids around and, you know, finish my work day out. There could be like the most awful substance in there, like some controlled street drug (laughs) because of how good I feel. And they just say, oh, it's energizing. It's B vitamins and all this stuff. Do vitamins really energize us or is there something sneaky in there like that I don't know about? There's probably something sneaky in there. But yes, B vitamins do energize and um, they are such an important part of our energy production in our body and nerve transmission, every brain health, so important, okay? Especially choline and um, thinking on brain health. But B12 is particularly important. Um, but if you're deficient in them, you will notice a difference. Mm-hmm. If you're not deficient in these vitamins, then you'll be fine. Typically, people are deficient in, B, in uh, especially B12, unfortunately, because as we get older, we naturally lose this precious vitamin. And, um, and that's why there's so many people that they're like very forgetful or, you know, they can't remember where they left their keys. And that's where, you know, uh, um, using more B12 is beneficial. Um, but yes, B12 is, is good. Um, B vitamins are good, but I, you know, 
it's if it doesn't have sugar in it, I'm sure it's fine. It's it's got caffeine. You know, but I don't drink coffee, so I'm like, I can use a little caffeine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm sure it's like about the size, the amount of one cup of coffee is just Yeah, because kind of, I, yeah. I did my research on it, you know, and mm-hmm. I looked at some of these, because at the gym, a lot of these people drink these things for a better workout, and um, I know they're not, you know, we're not designed to, to, to need all this stuff necessarily, but, you know, we're also not designed to be a single mom taking care of two kids yeah. and 85 year old man and soul supporting like so i'm like something's got to give and right right you know and i do get tired remember the 80 20 rule right if 80 percent of your choices are healthy um again you're building cellular health Mm -hmm. insulin sensitivity etc etc your body is going to know what to do with that 20 percent of the time when you're not all right but it's really crucial to 80% of the time make healthy choices because a lot of people go, Oh, this is my 20%. <laughs> I'm doing my 20%, you know, and it is, it's a consistent, unhealthy, right. consistent, unhealthy choices. So it's kind of like your healthy bank account. If you keep, uh, every time you make a healthy choice, it, you do deposit into that account. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, the unhealthy bank account, you are withdrawing. So, um, just remember that. Remember that the body is really smart and it knows once it has the tools, the nutrients, it, it can do most anything in terms of healing. Well, and I noticed like as you get, as you get healthier, like I find like you talked about the sensitivity to sugar or, you know, if I try something like I tried, you know, a couple of these energy drinks and they gave me the shakes, they gave me the jitters, I got a headache. So I'm like, okay, you know, we're not going to use those anymore. Um, But you'll find if you listen to your body and see how you feel, you know, it'll tell you what's better for you than not. Because if you eat some of these things and you get diarrhea or you eat some of these things and you're getting bloating and gas, it's like, you know, unless you just ate a bunch of figs and you've never eaten any figs before, you just kind of like go, all right, that happened to me. But then after I ate figs regularly, like my body got used to them. And I don't know, it's a hard thing. But, you know, when you look at this and go, like that day I poisoned myself with all the junk food, Mm -hmm. you know you're making yourself sick. Right. And, you know, this is, you know, I think it's important for people to know that there is, um, we have mitochondria in our cells, right? They're little organelles that produce energy in our body. And we all remember that from biology in high school. You know, they just, they are the energy powerhouses of our, of our cells. And some cells have more than others. But it's important that we uh, maintain the health of those mitochondria and the number of them. So as we age, we naturally lose mitochondria and we don't want to do that. So we want to create new mitochondrial growth, right? And, uh, but the problem is people are eating so many foods that I mentioned earlier, um, such as the, the breads, the white breads, the whole wheat breads, the um, you know, the snack packs, a hundred calorie snack packs, whatever it is. Um, anything that is unhealthy and processed and junky is damaging the mitochondria in your cells. And those uh, mitochondria then kind of sit around damaged and we're just having the body is having to deal with this, with old cells. They're called senescent cells. And these cells 
um, just kind of hang around and promote, create toxins in the body. And we have something called autophagy that essentially uh, does cellular house cleaning, right? When we're asleep, essentially. It does it when we're awake, but not too much. Mm -hmm. But when we're either fasting or when we're sleeping, this autophagy kicks in. It kicks all the debris out of the cells and uh, we wake up with brand new body essentially. So, um, but the thing is, is that we need to stop harming the mitochondria in our cells in order to age youthfully, in order to live a lot longer and to feel better, have a better quality of life, more energy. One of the main things um, as you lose uh, weight is you gain more mitochondria. And weight gain and poor mitochondrial health go hand in hand, and so does aging, okay? Aging and poor mitochondrial health go hand in hand. So really important that we increase that mitochondria. So exercise is one way, becoming fit, is a really great goal because then you're really increasing those uh, mitochondria and um, certain supplements like CoQ10 is mm-hmm. very important. Um, magnesium is important as well. There's uh, PQQ is another one that um, all get to the core concept of what optimal health is, what feeling fit and fabulous is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have a list of things if people are interested they can just email me um, for it. But, it, you know, just suffice it to say, eating healthy is making healthy choice. Anti-inflammatory choices mm-hmm. is really the most important thing you can do for your health. Well, and I was really surprised, you know, when I got your book the first time, I was really surprised that a lot of the stuff was stuff I was already eating, but I was just adding additional things that, that really shouldn't have been in there in the first place. So when I looked at some of your, like there's a Texas taco baker, what's that skillet thing? There's one, I forget what you call it. Oh, Texas skillet. Yeah. Yeah. I make that all the time for the kids and I, and I, I use your recipe because it modified, because it took out some of the stuff that I know now know that shouldn't have been in there. I just put it in there because it was habit and the way it was, I was taught to make it. Um, So when you talk about eating healthy for some people, I don't think it has to be this big frightening thing, you know, like, you know, you can eat. And, you know, another thing is eating, it should not be a source of stress. Okay. The stress comes in when you start making unhealthy choices. So, you know, we talked about making small steps, taking small steps to where it feels natural. You know, I remember, eating um, whole wheat bread and uh, transitioning from whole wheat bread to Ezekiel bread, Mm -hmm. which is um, sprouted whole wheat bread, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a transition. So it's like white bread to whole wheat bread to Ezekiel bread. That's, that is a huge leap. Okay. And it doesn't have to be overnight. And, um, you know, there's something called epigenetics where your genetic expression changes the very minute you, you put something healthy into your mouth and your, your health really is at the end of your fork. So, um, you know, if it's consistent, you're eventually going to see genetic expression that's positive, right? Mm-hmm. And that means a thinner you, that means more energy, and um, that way you can work out better. 
Well, and feel better. You know, it's funny. Yeah. You know, my dad, you know, in the beginning, like my dad was going nuts because he was used to making like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a bologna sandwich, a salami sandwich, you know, for the kids for school. And when I started, like, you know, my, my dad was away for a couple months in the summer. So I said to the kids, especially Max, I'm like, Hey, how about you and me go off bread completely, go off all this, this list of stuff. Let's see how we feel. Cause we're kind of built the same. We look the same, you know, there's a lot of genetic there. And, um, my little one was never a bread eater anyway. You know, he's a whole, whole, everything, whole food, whole fruit, whole thing. And, we went off it for the summer and we both lost weight. Our body shape changed. We didn't look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow family, you know. Wow. And so now the question is like how, you know, we've, I bought new things for the kids to carry their food and their lunches, you know, instead of a mm-hmm. Ziploc bag with a sandwich in it. You know, we've changed all this stuff over time, but the kids actually do it, especially my teenager, which is amazing. You think a teenager would do this? And he told me he feels good. Like there is no amount of money that you can pay to do anything or no amount of food you can eat to feel as good as you feel when you're eating what you're supposed to. That's really powerful what you just said, Sandra. Yeah, it's true. And again, it should not be a source of stress. So when you start getting stressed, just take a deep breath and know that it's just a process. It's a a transition, a transformation, really. And that your kids' taste buds will change. Mm-hmm. You know, they were yuck, yuck, yuck in the beginning and then it changed. And now they're like, like last night we, I made this big vegetable platter and it sounds so silly. Here I am a preteen boy, a teen boy and a 50 year old mom. We were watching a rerun of the big bang theory and Zachy goes and he gets the platter out. Cause I cut it all up and I put it on, I reuse those platters and I just keep it in the fridge. It's all in there. Mm-hmm. And they just come in and he put it down on the coffee table and we all just sat there and munched and snacked on the pea pods, on the carrots, on the oh. broccoli, on the cauliflower. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, Lori, 10 years ago, we would have had Fritos and dip, which I love. We would have had potato chips. We would have had maybe little mini candy bars. We would have had cookies mm-hmm. like we still had the same enjoyment. And eating healthfully is, you know, can be enjoying. A lot of people think that it's going, it's going to taste like cardboard or whatever, and that's really further from the truth. So when you start reducing your carbohydrate intake uh, slowly, if you choose to do so, which I highly recommend, you can add in more fat to your diet, Right. And that, that a lot of people are afraid of fat. They're, they're, um, you mentioned the low fat era when you were eating those snack well cookies. <laughs> That's part of what we're seeing in terms of the weight gain epidemic we are seeing right now uh, is a result of that. Yeah. Because, you know, we've epigenetically changed our genetic expression to, um, to, to have less insulin sensitivity. And that means we're bigger people, we're eating, we're eating a lot more, we have uh, you know, more stress in our societies, which means more cortisol, which means more cravings, uh, bigger appetites. And I'm, I could go on and on with what's going on, but it's really important not to be, to not worry so much about calories yeah. and not worry so much about healthy fat, okay? When, you know, it's important to note that excess fat, of course, is going to make you fat and excess calories are going to make you fat. But, um, 
you know, if you're eating primarily a diet that with reduced carbohydrate intake, um, then you're good. You're fine. You don't have to worry. And that just means simply, you know, not piling the plate with rice and beans. Okay. That's, you know, just reducing instead of um, eggs and bacon and hash browns with a lot of hash browns, cut the hash browns in half or have sweet potato, you know, hash ground sweet potatoes. Um, it's just making simple switches and your body will thank you. Well, and eventually, you know, I'm going to wrap up with this. Eventually you'll be satisfied with less. When I look at how much I used to eat the volume to feel satisfied. And when I change the food, it's like, you know, I make a lot of, um, the kids like cut up apples, you know, apple slices. So I will cut up like 10 apples a week and put them in, you know, put some lemon juice on it, put them in a container in the fridge and they can pull them out. They will not overeat a container of apples. Like it, it, you, you just don't do that. You don't, when I have raspberries and blackberries, like it's that season now. So I always have tons of berries on the center shelf and they can go in and eat to their heart's consent. Mm -hmm. They're not overdosing on blueberries. You know, will they do a bag of chips? Yes, they will mow through right. a bag of chips. Like when you put the right foods in your house, you naturally eat more what your body needs. And, you know, have you ever overate too many apples? Never. Never. <laughs> Never. And you're right. It's designing your environment for success. That is what we want. And so, you know, we all know that Gen that Ben and Jerry's is in the back of the freezer. So kick it to the curb and start, you know, surrounding yourself with healthy because we are a product of our environment. Yep. And you will, like there are times, Lori, I will drive 20 minutes to the grocery store to get Ben and Jerry's. But I know if I make that superhuman effort to do it, it's worth it. You know what I mean? Because I'm not right. going to do that. I might do that once every two years because I'm having like a hormone thing or who knows what. <laughs> um, you know, we do have these things and nobody's perfect. But like you said, 80% of the time you do the right thing and your body will thank you for it. Dr. Lori Shemek, we can find you at drlorishemek.com. You can find her on Facebook. Are you on Facebook? Pinterest, yes, Pinterest, and Instagram, Pinterest. and Twitter, and all over the place. Yes. Wonderful. All right, all right. Check Thanks out that. So check much. out that book. Yeah, and we'll be back. We'll be back again next, next week. Bye. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.